Hey everybody, welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. Today, our hot topic is professionalism and our appearance at work. Melissa's then going to give her life when, Anne's going to give her mom fail, and I'm going to be giving a clinic hack that you can use in practice. Join us as we go beyond the stethoscope. Welcome to DVM Divas Beyond the Stethoscope. It's no secret that the veterinary profession is dominated by women. In fact, we make up over 60% of the workforce, and that number just keeps growing. But it's not just the numbers that are growing. Our stress and frustration levels are climbing at exponential rates. Between social media challenges, public misconceptions, and the constant competition with Dr. Google, we're finding it harder and harder to be happy and fulfilled veterinary women. Because of this, depression and suicide rates are at all-time highs in our little corner of the world. And in order to help us combat these things, we need an outlet. We need a safe place where we can open up and discuss all of the issues that we are currently struggling with. So listen along as we, the DVM Divas, discuss our trials and our troubles, as well as celebrate our wins and accomplishments. And join us as we forever test the limits of what it means to be a badass woman in the veterinary industry. So, who are we? Well, I'm Melissa. I'm a Kansas State grad and have been practicing for nearly 20 years. I have a mixed animal practice with my husband and one other partner. And I'm a mom to three very busy kids. One in elementary, one in middle school, and one in high school. Hi, I'm Annie. I too am a wife and a mama and a veterinarian. I am a Washington State grad that has done a little bit of everything as far as veterinary medicine is concerned. I'm really excited to be here, share my story, and get to hear your stories as well. My name is Maria. I am a full-time small animal veterinarian and a full-time mom to two beautiful little boys. Currently, I am practicing on the East Coast after trying our luck on the Front Range in Colorado for a year. After missing our family and, of course, the delicious food and the beautiful ocean, we decided to come back to Jersey, where we are finally home. Follow us on Instagram at DVMDivas. Like us on Facebook and join our group at DVMDivas Beyond the Stethoscope. Want to discuss something or interested in being a guest? Email us at admin at DVMDivas.com or comment on one of our social media profiles. We hope you will come along and leave your stethoscopes at work and join us. Laugh with us cry with us as we take this profession back from discontent. Grow with us as we remember why we ever wanted to be veterinarians in the first place. Hey girls, how are you doing today? Good. 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 You know, we were searching the internet and we found on Facebook someone posts about having someone in the practice wanting to actually do a natural hair color but split it. So half blonde, half Now, you know, in their policy, it states that they have to have natural hair colors. (laughs) So it doesn't technically go against the policy. And she was asking, you know, basically, is this something you would allow because it's not technically going against the policy, but she is doing two different hair colors, which technically isn't natural. So, so, um, they were asked not to comment about the policy, but as we all know, the policy was commented on and there was some backlash and some people agreeing with it. So today let's just talk about like what you would do in that situation. Is this policy, you know, we're going to touch on it, obviously. Is this something we should have in place and we should only do natural, no 
little like no piercings on our face or no tattoos that are showing, um, no purple hair, stuff like that. Or is it something that we need to get past and we need to actually let these people express themselves? I think, I know we kind of visited about it just a minute ago. I think a lot of it right now depends on your practice dynamic as far as your clients go. You know, as an owner five years ago, I would have said, no funny hair, no piercings, no nothing. Like my clients are all older rural Americans that don't do that. And so if I'm going to have a receptionist or a tech or even a doctor talk to them, Immediately, just by changing your hair color, people assume your IQ changes with it. So I understand it's a perception and it's not how they are, but I think it depends upon a lot where you're at geographically, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I, and I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, we do have our client base is largely very conservative and they would make assumptions and that's not right. I'm not saying that those assumptions are correct or they should. We shouldn't be making assumptions, but the reality is those assumptions do get made. And if I have an employee or somebody that has something about their appearance that is very distracting and it's, you know, a a piercing, a, a really ornate tattoo somewhere that's not sort of hidden or not even gonna say hidden, but, you know, or lots of face piercings, you know, those things I have clients that are going to question them and they're not going to respect something that comes out of their, their mouth as an owner. Yes. I certainly could take the time to try to come to the defense of that employee. And I would hope that their work performance would also support their ability and not to fall into that, that misperception, but I don't got time for that. I, you know, I don't have time to stand up there and, and put out all those fires. I've got to be the doctor. I've got to do other things. And so, you know, if I, I I kind of mentioned this a little bit ago before we were recording, if all things were equal and I had two employees or two candidates of employees before me, their performance was the same, their IQ was the same, you know, they had stellar references, but one had a very, very, I don't know, outside the norm, fashion, physical appearance, uh, you know, something that they had control over, it would be a lot easier for me to hire the other one. It, it's just an extra challenge for somebody to overcome. So if you make that decision to, to have the bright blue hair and to have a bunch of face piercings or any of that, just know right or wrong, you will have to work harder to prove yourself. I don't know if that really answers the question. Um, my whole version on this, there's two ways I think about it. First of all, I think it does reflect geographically. When I worked up in North Jersey by New York, we had texts come in all the time with like different color hair, tattoos, piercings, and no one blinked an eye. But you're in Northern Jersey, right across the Hudson River from Manhattan. So it was, you know, nobody really thought or cared about it. When I worked out in Colorado, the same we had a doctor I worked with that had different color hair and nobody thought anything twice. This is her, this is her expressing herself. Um, but I have worked at a private practice where it was just, you have to have natural hair color. They did not want all these different colors and stuff like that. Um, I'm okay if it's not distracting. Like if somebody comes in and it's breast cancer month and they come in with the pink streaks, I'm fine with that. I agree. 
and maybe it's just me. I really, I want to be viewed as a professional. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I would come in with bright blue hair, but that's not my personality. And I'm not a practice owner. So I'm like, at what do you draw the line? I don't know if I would, that to me, if your policy says natural, I don't think that's natural having mm-hmm. two separate hair colors. So <laughs> in my eyes, I'm sorry. In my eyes, it violates the policy. Right. But I'm still, I'm at that point where I don't know what I would do as a practice owner. You know, do you have that policy or do you let people express themselves? But then sometimes I feel like when you give people that inch, they take it and they go to the extreme. Like, I'm not going to say she's unprofessional because she has tattoos, but I am going to be like, do you really have to have bright blue hair when you're a doctor? Have any, have you guys ever dyed your hair a weird color? No, no. <laughs> I got, all right. I'm so bad with this that I got upset that when I did dye my hair in Colorado, I did it by myself. It had a blonde tinge to it. And I was upset about this for months. And still when I dye my hair, when I dye it, it can come through and you can see where it is. And I still <laughs> mm-hmm. get upset about this. <laughs> no. That's awesome. Back back in the in the early 2000s, I had some really bad chunky highlights. That's about oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I every I feel like everyone had those yeah. ugly blonde highlights oh, yeah. back yeah. then. But now, no, I would never. You mentioned like the breast cancer thing, and I um I do a lot with breast cancer and supporting different organizations. And when it's October or when we're getting ready to do our fundraising walk and that kind of thing, it's very common, yes, to have, or we had a family in town whose mom um, had pancreatic cancer and, and they all did something with purple for solidarity. And, you know, and I think, yes, that is definitely can be done tastefully. And, it, you know, and you do want to start the conversation. That's the reason you do it. It's a conversation starter. And it's like, oh, you know, yes, I'm doing this because of a very specific reason. And I have zero issue with that. Like that, I, I, I'm perfectly okay with. What was your story about bad uh, highlights? And you were getting ready to say something. <laughs> so when I um, the partnership fell apart, I was in a I couldn't practice for a year and a half, like eighteen months, um, because then the non compete that was with the buyout was so big that like I couldn't practice anywhere. But it was like we were having our third kid, like it just wasn't worth it fighting about. So I was like, yeah, whatever. So in that time. I took the opportunity because I'd never done it before in my life. And I dyed my hair purple, <laughs> like bright ass purple. Kirk, I'm pretty sure was like, who the hell are you? And where is my wife? Like, this is not who I date. I don't date girls with purple hair. I sure as shit don't marry them. What are you doing? <laughs> and we joked that it was like my midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was really interesting because, I mean, granted, I didn't work as a professional. I didn't work as a veterinarian in that time. I was just home with the kids and stuff. But even going to the grocery store, people spoke to me like I was 10, 20, 50 IQ points lower. I was shocked at how I was treated just because I changed my hair color. But so can I ask a question? And maybe you don't know as to why you did it. Like what what was the inspiration? Was it just curiosity? Was it... It was more just curious. Like I've never really dyed my hair as a kid. Like I didn't dye my hair until vet school, I think. And I went to vet school late. So yeah. this is more of like a, hey, I've never done this before. I kind of want to try it out. I'm not 
working right mm-hmm. now. Like if I'm ever going to do it, now's the best time. Yeah. Felt like um, it was just a fun wild hair, literally. <laughs> you know, I have, te- I have daughters who are, my oldest is 14 and I would imagine, although she's the least fussy when it comes to hair, like I, she won't be the one that wants to do different colors on her hair. Um, you know, and I'm sure these conversations will come up and it, and her dad will be very, um, he's very conservative and, you know, right. no, it looks, it's not professional and how are you going to get a job and how are you going to be taken seriously? And, uh, you know, and part of me as a mom and a woman, I'm like, oh, but I understand that kind of rebellious streak, the, you want to express yourself, but I think it, I would be doing her a disservice or them. I have two daughters or even my son. I mean, let's not, I mean, my, he, he, well, he probably would do it before the girls would, to be honest with you. But his would be a pure act of rebellion. Like he would definitely do it for the attention. And, you know, and I think, but I think I would be doing them a disservice if I didn't give them some hard truth in that, look, you can do it. And there's nothing that says you can't do it, but just know you're going to have a bit of an uphill climb. I mean, it, whether it should or shouldn't be that way, it is that way. And depending on what profession that you ultimately want to go into. Now, if you're 20 and you're getting a job as a waitress or a bartender or whatever, you know, no, it doesn't make a darn bit of difference. But, um, or if you're looking to go into the arts and you're going to be a makeup artist or you're going to be a hairdresser or you're going to be doing any of those things. Yes, that makes perfect sense that you would, you would do that. But if you're wanting to go into something that is a professional genre, that the the culture is just not there. You know, you also wouldn't go in, you know, whether or not it was hair color or a tattoo or a piercing, you know, we have a dress code as far as clothing and your parts that need to be covered. And I can't have somebody coming in in high heels and shorty shorts and can I stop you, Melissa? Yes. Did you guys see the post? I don't know if you saw the post about the high heels, how people walk, how people actually work in high heels, not in like in small animal. Oh no. <laughs> you didn't see that? Yeah. I mean, I find it. And I guess I'm referring to like a stiletto heel or something that is oh, okay. you know, kind of like extreme, you know, not. I feel like dance goes have a high heel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I mean, we, it would, cause it wouldn't necessarily be appropriate if all of your body parts were hanging out and it just, it's not the tone that, that we want to set as a professional business. And we want to set ourselves as an industry and as a profession, profession, which is professional, you know, we want to, I think, just hold ourselves to a little bit different standard. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's wrong. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I think it's appropriate for an employer to have, to have that standard and it's their business. And if they want to institute that, they're well within their rights. And if you don't want to work for that employer because it doesn't fit your values, then don't work for that person. Right. Well, that's the thing in our profession. There's, I think there's 1% of veterinarians unemployed there's like a 1% mm-hmm. unemployment rate or whatever. So if you don't align with the values of the practice, you know, there are other practices that are hiring and um, mm-hmm. you always see everyone's always looking for a vet. So it's something where I, in my eyes, and you know, I would never dye my hair purple or blue. I'm not saying that it's anything wrong with it. And maybe one day I'll be like, let me try it and see what <laughs> happens. But like right now, I, I don't recommend it for what it's worth. <laughs> a lot of maintenance. Yeah, I didn't maintain it. 
washed out. I'm like with my hair, I'm, I like try to get like basically the same color, but you can still see that's a lot of maintenance to me. Yeah. But <laughs> when I go someplace and I, it's not that I judge these people. It's not that I think less of them. I honestly just think to myself, why would you do that? Yeah. But again, it's not that I have no issues with it. I don't think their IQ is lower. And nine times out of 10, these people are amazing and pleasant and very knowledgeable. But I have to put myself into the client's perspective. If I have an 70-year-old woman coming in with their little tiny foo-foo dog, she's going to like be like, I don't know if I really want the girl with the blue hair. Mm-hmm. So it's um, as a practice owner, I feel like you guys have a right to say a policy and you have a right to uphold it. And it's up to you if you want to bend the rules. If I were to show up on a cattle farm and try to, (laughs) you know, and am I already probably having to prove myself just because I'm a woman, you know, I mean, if I'm in some, if I'm new to the area, if I'm new to the practice and I haven't really established that rapport and I show up and I have look like rainbow bright and that's going to make that job that much harder. Now I've been around, I've been in this practice for a long time. If I did it now, they, if my clients know me well enough, they'd be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> they call me on it and it'd be, you know, it, it would be fine, I guess. But if I'm looking to hire somebody, you know, it, it would play a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to have to be prepared to work that much harder. Yeah. It, it, not that you can't do it. You can definitely do it, but it's just your, your skills and your knowledge are going to have to be above somebody else that doesn't have that appearance. That's not fair. I, you know, I'm not saying that that is, is fair or right, but it is, there ain't nothing in life that's it fair, I mean, <laughs> you know, and that's how people see it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So today we spoke about, you know, our personal appearance and is it professional? We talked about the policy, basically, all basically agree that the employer does have a right to put the policy out there. And if you don't like the policy, you shouldn't be working for that company because it doesn't align with you. Um, You know, I think we're all on the same page that if you do what you want to do, basically. And you just have to take the heat if people are going to say anything and you just have to work that much harder. You know, it sucks, but that's life. And that's how life will always be no matter where you are or what you're doing, or even if it's in your profession or not. So let's go over to our mom fail. All right. I'm ready. Um, I'm not sure if I want to do this week's. We'll do the one from two weeks ago. So <laughs> um, we had to run into Target. Fine, whatever. Target, three little kids, no big deal, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the littlest one, I've never really let her out of the cart yet. You know? Like, mm-hmm. there's always a basket. She always yeah. sits in the basket. But I was like, gosh, I only need two things. I don't want to push a cart all around the store. And she's begging to get out of the cart now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the deal. We need two things. We're in, we're out, we're done. You have to follow mommy or, you know, hold your sister's hand, something, but you have to stay right with us. You can't run away. Okay, mommy, sounds good. I got it. Grab thing one, grab thing two, turn around. The third child is MIA, completely <laughs> MIA. And I was like, oh God, we should have just got the cart. 
<laughs> just got the card. Some little grandma lady found her. And granted, like it took me maybe five seconds to find her. So this wasn't like, I didn't do a bad, bad mom fail and lose her yeah. for 30 minutes. But I just walked down the aisle and I was like, it looked, you could hear her yelling. And I was like, okay, you know, Marco Polo, it will be fine. Well, this cute little grandma lady grabs her and like drags her over. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> so I got like this scolding from this cute little grandma lady in Target. And then we're getting in the car and the oldest is like, mommy, why did that lady yell at you? Because <laughs> I lost your sister. So you sounds like you haven't been paged over the loudspeakers yet. No. With the lost child. Have you had? The two-year-old would know my name. Like the two-year-old would be like, mommy, find my mommy. In, in my defense, he is old, my, my son, and he wasn't two. It was just last year, so he was <laughs> seven. And we were at, um, it wasn't Hobby Lobby, it was Michael's. And the girls and I were distracted looking at crafty things, and he was bored. <laughs> bored. <laughs> As a, any seven-year-old right. boy would be in Michael's, and we weren't paying any attention whatsoever. And next thing you know, we're like, um, well, the parents of Tyson Detweiler, please come to the front of my <laughs> We all, me and my daughters all looked at each other. We're like, or no, I'm sorry. They didn't say that. They didn't say that. They just paged me by name. And I was, and I was, mm. and then we looked and then we're like, where's Tyson? And that's, yeah, he'd gone. He had the he had the street smarts, I guess, to go up and be like, "I can't find my mom. Can you page her?" <laughs> so, he was probably like the next row over. Yeah, I yeah. This was like, I, I can't find. And, and then, well, then he's like, well, "Where did you guys go?" And we never left the aisle we were on. <laughs> like we were looking at ribbon the entire time. He's like, "Well, I looked for you." I'm like, "We never moved." <laughs> so, no, you didn't. Like. He was a squirrel moment. He followed the path of something shiny and then he got lost. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So let's go over to Melissa and (laughs) talk about your when for the week. Uh, So I guess maybe I can say my mom went as I I taught my son street smarts and how to find find his mom in a craft store. No. Yes. No, that wasn't what I was going to say. So mine isn't really a mom win. It's more of just a personal um, reflection lesson to myself that, oh, it's been several months ago as I've been kind of on this podcasting journey and just all of learning all of this stuff about doing all of this because it's very new. It's not anything that has really been in my, it took me a while to get into my comfort zone. And I was always very, um, I still am to a certain extent, but just felt like I am a rookie. I don't know anything. Uh, I, I'm just playing around at this. And and there's and I listen to a lot of different podcasters who are coaches and who are um, just kind of higher up in the the media world, I guess. And I kind of envy or not envy. I look up to them. I want to emulate them. They're they're kind of my uh, virtual mentors, and I found out that, would you know it? They're real people too. And if you just send them a a lot of times, like if you just reach out and you just make the, the initiative and say, hi, I really like your work. And just thanks for doing what you're doing. Like sometimes just as simple as that, like it can open doors for you. 
And, you know, and that's happened on a couple of occasions that there are people that I look up to into the industry and, and I think are mentors. And just by sending a simple email, a simple message on Instagram, that is just like, that's, that easy and that simple. And it's not pandering. It's not like, Oh, please go to my link and listen to my stuff. No, it's just like, I appreciate you. I'm trying to learn from you. You're awesome. End of story. I've gotten just by doing that. I've, I've made connections with some of them. They've invited me into different coaching groups. They've, you know, it's just things that have just my lesson. Then I guess the take home is don't be afraid to reach out. Even if you feel like you're inadequate or maybe you don't deserve it or you're, you're, you're in over your head, you know, get over that. Just take, take that off the table and think, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty awesome. And even if they, but what's, and what's the worst that's going to happen? They won't reply to your email, you know, like just get out there, put your, put your name in the world and don't be afraid to take that chance and it, it, your doors may open. And so I just, I kind of use that and lean back into that several times. And, um, that's just kind of my lesson of the last six months, I'd say. So I want to add on to your lesson because I, the reason that we are doing this today, in my opinion, is me and you have spoken and you have given me a lot of insight and it was something I don't remember what originally mm -hmm. I said to you, but it was something simple. And, you know, I thought you may seem you're a rookie. You have a lot of knowledge in this. So if it wasn't for some like doing something like that, this probably would have never formed. So, but it it's true. Like the, and it's nice because the little things that you've learned, the little things that I've known, the little things that you know, and like with the three of us, you know, by those reaching outs that we have done, we, we actually can create something good. So that's a good life lesson. It, it just reach, reach out to people that you wouldn't ordinarily even be on your radar. I posted something here on our, like our digital group and digital was like, Hey, who's interested in doing this? And you guys were like, you know, you raised your hand and and that sometimes don't be afraid to raise your hand. Like if try it, just, whether it's writing or it's knitting or it's talk to somebody you want to just be a friend or hang out with, like, just go do it, get out of your head and go do it. <laughs> I love it. So, um, let's go into the clinic hack. So this is a clinic hack that I have used since my second year of being a vet. And every practice I go to, I introduce it to them and the techs are most amazed by it. So cutting pills, it, everything shreds with me when I use a pill cutter. I can't cut pills and I never cut them my first year of vet school because, I mean, um, being a veterinarian, because every time I cut them for a client, I'd shred them. And instead of using <laughs> 10 pills, I use like 50. So, <laughs> which isn't really ideal. Um, so I would send them home and have the clients do it. And then the clients would get pissed and all this other stuff. So when I went to my second practice, there was a tech there and she goes to cut pills and she grabs a dog nail clipper, the big orange ones. Mm -hmm. They work the best. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, these are to cut pills. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so ghetto. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it actually, we each cut, like I cut it with a pill cutter. She cut it with that and it cuts it so precisely. So, 
every clinic I have went to, I've actually had them order a new nail clipper or I alcoholed and cleaned one right. off. And I made Little sure nail bits that. in there. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Um, but, and we, we dedicated one or- big orange nail clipper to, pill- to cut pills. And it's amazing because it's so much quicker. Um, it's so much more precise. And the clients love the fact that you can, will go above and beyond for them. And even yeah. those prescriptions where you're doing like 90 pills in a prescription, so it's so annoying, but it's very quick. So how, how small of a pill can you do? Can you do like a little, like a Nalapril with it? I mean, yep. teeny tiny, tiny. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's crazy. And I tried, um, I tried the, what's it called? The cat, like the cat clippers. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, some people use them. I don't like them. You have to hold the pill in between your two fingers and hold it really stiff and then take it and go real quick. Okay. But it works. And the techs love that I make them cut it off. So that is my <laughs> clinic. <laughs> I had never seen that before until this clinic that I'm at now. I have not ever seen that before. And the girl with purple hair showed <laughs> it to me. Not me. I didn't have purple hair that day. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so it works. So we're just we're disproving all of our own our own points. Wait a minute. We did not say that had they had lower IQ. No, that's no. right. No, that's no. right. That's In right. Fact, no they are extremely smart. But yes, yeah, see, it works. Yeah. You should try yeah. it, Melissa. Next I will. Um, tomorrow, I'll try it. Oh. You should. I'm gonna just cut cut a pill just to cut a pill. Yeah. <laughs> You can even do like quarters and stuff. I'm sure if I look underneath the cabinet, the counters, like where in the pharmacy, I'm sure I'll find a few pills laying around that have fallen in between. Yeah. So um, thank you for joining us today on the Deviant Divas podcast. We love to hear what you think. So please contact us on any of our social media profiles. You can find us at DVM Divas on Instagram, DVM Divas Beyond the Stethoscope on Facebook, and that could be either in the page or in the group. And you can even find us on YouTube where you can actually subscribe to our unedited, not live. (laughs) No. No. Maybe one day we'll get there. Someday. (laughs) Unedited video podcast. And you might even get to see some vlogs from us. So stay tuned and join us next time as we dive into another amazing adventure 